Hey everyone, it's Copeland Bell, your historical housekeeper. Welcome to Polish and Scream, where I document the historic homes I clean and the strange things that happen in them. This podcast is for mature audiences only. No little ears should be listening. So get nice and cozy, and let me tell you a story. Episode 6, The Cabin. There's something about being isolated in nature that is absolutely appealing to me. I grew up in the suburbs where the closest thing we got to nature was the back patio of Dairy Queen. But my grandparents, they lived in the country an hour or so away. They had a garden, sheep, and a whole lot of quiet. I miss it, cruising with my grandpa down dirt roads in his old beat-up green truck while listening to Dolly Parton on the radio. Now that I live in a small town, it's nice to know that I'm only a short drive away from the mountains where fresh air and quiet abound. I say this to help you understand that when I got a request for full-service cleaning in a home 45 minutes away from town, nostalgia got the better of me. I knew I probably wouldn't be able to keep up the drive long-term, but the lure of childhood memories kept me from turning it down. That's how I wound up driving up a switchback dirt road in my trusty old Jeep more frequently than I'd care to make the trip. The first time I pulled up, I squealed a little bit inside. This was not just any house. Folks, it was a Lincoln Log cabin come to life. As I approached the home, I was struck by how out of place it felt despite its classic appearance. The woods surrounding the home seemed far too dark and claustrophobic despite having at least an acre of land cleared around it. Before I could step one toe on the front porch, the screen door swung open and a tall, lanky man in a blue flannel shirt, dark jeans, and leather boots stepped out from the cabin. His smile was warm, but there was an intensity to his eyes. Copeland, it's nice to meet you. I'm Beckett, he said in a deep baritone. I'm not embarrassed to admit that I found Beckett very handsome. He was tall, muscular, and had calloused hands that I imagined were formed from chopping wood or climbing up trees barehanded. But his emails had given me pause, as our correspondence had seemed uh, persnickety. Yes, it's a pleasure to meet you, Beckett, I replied, shaking his hand and stepping onto the porch. Lovely place you have here. When you said you had a cabin, I didn't know you meant an actual log cabin. How did you come to call this place home? I said. This cabin is born from my passion to live authentically. It was built in the late 1800s and expertly restored by my architectural firm three years ago. I love being surrounded by nature, as all humans should be, he responded. I had to resist the urge to roll my eyes. Ah, interesting. Would you mind showing me the property so that I can get started? I said, trying to steer the conversation away from the irritating path we were heading down. Yes, but first, I want to double-check that all the products you're using today are 100% natural and environmentally friendly. Locally sourced is preferred as well, he said, looking at me pointedly. As I said in my email, the products I use are all natural and environmentally friendly. And as for locally sourced, many of them I make myself, so I guess you could call it that, I responded, trying to sound as chipper and not at all irritated with the beautiful lumberjack. That is what you said, 
May I see the products, please? He stared at me without blinking. Knock yourself out. They're all in the kit behind me, I said, now fully disgruntled. The nerve of this guy was unbelievable. After several minutes of inspecting my cleaning supplies, I must have passed some test. Beckett closed the flap over my kit and ushered me into the cabin without any more questions or an apology for his obvious rudeness. The place had a strong Adirondack vibe to it, with thick wooden pieces of furniture and wool fabrics in rich reds and greens. Don't let my description fool you. This fully restored cabin was a reflection of Beckett's bank account, and he was loaded. Adorable, fully restored vintage appliances were placed in the kitchen, and I'm pretty sure Beckett's copper cookware costs more than a year's rent for my apartment. After I got my bearings, I noticed that once again Beckett was just standing there without saying a word. After the great cleaning supply inquisition, I was ready to get started so that I could pop in my earbuds and zone out. I was feeling irritated, partially due to my interactions with Beckett and partially because I had started to experience a ringing in my ears from the elevation of the mountains. I'll go ahead and get started. I've got all the details in the email you sent. Thanks so much, I said slowly and visibly popping in my earbuds. All right, I'll be outside chopping some wood. I'm sure it goes without saying, but please don't wander about the property. We've had some mountain lion sightings, he said before closing the front door behind him. I rolled my eyes and got started. Like I'd wander around a client's property, please. I reminded myself that a routine cleaning in the middle of the woods was kind of refreshing, despite the owner's personality. I started cleaning the small one-bedroom cabin from top to bottom. Unfortunately, due to the ringing in my ears, listening to anything wasn't in the cards. So I worked in silence, listening to Beckett's slow, steady wood chopping and the birds singing outside. It was peaceful. Before I knew it, I had one of those moments where I was deep in thought and just going through the motions of life. I looked up to realize that I'd already cleaned the entire kitchen and living room area. Gone was that awful ear ringing and Beckett's wood chopping. There was nothing but silence. It was then that I heard the whistling coming from right outside the window. Soft yet sweet, four little notes over and over again. It was kind of comforting. I looked out the window only to see that Beckett was no longer there. Instead, he was dozing in the hammock 30 yards away from the house. I giggled. Maybe he was whistling in his sleep. I continued on, cleaning the only bathroom that had a luxury steam shower, when I heard the whistling again. It was so beautiful, and I smiled at the sound of it and continued to work. I was on my hands and knees scrubbing the shower pan when a primal scream ripped through the air. It was so sharp and piercing that my body reacted before I could think. I was up and running towards the front door, thinking that maybe that jerk had accidentally chopped off his thumb or gotten pinned in the hammock. My mind invented a thousand scenarios before I was able to tug open the green front door and sprint towards the side yard. I was prepared for a mountain lion to have mauled him or a bloody scene next to the axe. Instead, I found Beckett snoozing in his blue faded hammock while the birds were chirping greetings from the trees. I looked around, bewildered as to what had actually happened. What in the hell? I thought, slinking back towards the cabin. I didn't want Snooty Beckett to see me and try to chat more about my damn cleaning products. I went back to the bathroom and tried to calm down. After convincing myself that I didn't have a brain tumor, 
I decided that maybe my ears had popped from the ringing, and that was what I had heard. I finished up the rest of the job quickly, said a brief goodbye to the still lounging but awake Beckett, and got out of there. By the next week, I convinced myself that it was in fact my ears popping that had caused the sound. When I found out that the cabin would be empty for the day while I cleaned, this was even more incentive to continue with the well-paying job. I gassed up my Jeep and headed out. When I pulled up, I noticed a note pinned to the door. Dear Copeland, thank you for coming. I had a little soiree last night, so it's not as tidy as usual. Please use the agreed-upon cleaning products. I groaned and opened the door. Shit. When I tell you the place was trashed, I mean it was trashed. Food and plates spread all over that tiny adorable kitchen, trash overflowing from the bin, used glassware strewn all around the house, and I don't even want to tell you what I found in the bedroom. Okay, I will. I found multiple sets of used underwear tossed around the bedroom. I'm not judging, but I feel like that's something you should clean up yourself. I hadn't seen a site like this since my days with my previous cleaning service, and oof, I didn't miss it. I swore again openly and got to work rage cleaning. I know this is my job, but I also find this type of behavior disrespectful to those of us in the cleaning industry. This was not exactly what Beckett and I had agreed upon. The money was good, but was this treatment worth it? I mulled this over as I polished every surface and disinfected the bedroom. I was midway to the laundry room with a load of used undies when I heard that damn whistling again. It was coming from the outside window by the shed. It was less comforting and more irritating, but that was likely related to my now foul mood. I stopped in my tracks, careful not to let the tainted basket contents touch me, and listened. Footsteps now accompanied the whistling, and this made me a little nervous. I was in a log cabin in the middle of nowhere, where no one could hear me scream if a creepy, whistling axe murderer showed up. I glanced toward the front door, relieved to see that the deadbolt was locked behind me. Maybe it was a neighbor, I reasoned. I started walking towards the laundry room again when I heard a sound that made my blood run cold. Turning towards the front door, I saw that the handle was slowly being turned. I stood stock still, just watching the door. The handle started to jiggle back and forth wildly. It stopped suddenly and was followed by a loud thud that shook the entire door. I screamed and leaped back instinctively, the laundry basket tumbling to the floor. Open the door, said a deep, baritone hipster voice. Fuck, I swore under my breath and walked to let the owner into his own house. Sorry about that, I heard someone whistling, and I didn't realize you were home, I said, a little dazed and now irritated once again at this man's very presence. Whistling, huh? He said with a devilish grin and a shrug of his shoulders as he stalked towards the bedroom. What was that song you were whistling? I called out to his back. Beckett turned around, and just for a second, there was a concealed rage in his eyes that made me take a step backwards towards the front door. You want to know the song, do you? Well, maybe we can make a deal. Do you like deals, Copeland? He said in a low voice, sending shivers up my spine. Um, no thanks, I said, fully creeped out. I'd better get back to work. You do that he said, sweeping his eyes up and down me before stepping over the scattered laundry and making a beeline for the bedroom. It was then that I decided I would not be coming back to this adorable little cabin in the woods. The owner was an asshole. I bent over and started throwing the offending garments angrily back into the basket. 
As I stood up, I felt hot breath on the back of my neck, so close that my ponytail swayed gently. Whirling around with clenched fist, I swung at nothing but empty space. No one was behind me. I stammered backward, confused. I was certain Beckett had been right there. But there was no one. Beckett was still in his bedroom with the door closed. What in the hell was going on in this damn cabin? I didn't have time to contemplate that thought because I heard keys jingling in the front door lock. The door swung open and there was Beckett, standing there in all his glory. Hey Copeland, how's it going? He said, throwing his keys down on the now spotless kitchen counter. Beckett? I stammered, taking a few steps back and glancing nervously towards the bedroom. Yes, what's going on? Did cleaning up from my little shindig leave you tired? You're looking a little pale, he said, smiling and walking towards his room. You, you're a twin? I managed to stammer. He looked at me like I'd grown a second head. What? No, that's a really odd question. You're a bit off today. Those harsh chemicals must be going to your head he said, oozing condescension. I stood there, confused and terrified, trying to make sense of what was happening. Was this deja vu? A glitch in the Matrix? Before me, a familiar scene played out. Beckett walked directly towards his room. When he opened the door to his bedroom, I nearly screamed, No! but threw my hand over my mouth to stop. I took several deep breaths, staving off the panic that rose from within me. You do not have a brain tumor, I tried to convince myself again. I waited for him to say something, to scream, to run out of his bedroom immediately. His double or doppelganger or whatever that thing was, was inside his room. But all I heard was silence. I summoned my courage, walked over to the door, and poked my head inside. Whoa, hey there. Like what you see, huh? Give me a second to finish changing a shirtless Beckett said before half-closing the door. I'd only caught a glimpse of the small room, but he was alone in there. So sorry, I didn't realize. I'm all finished, I'm going to head out, I said hurriedly, not even caring about the boundary I may have crossed with him. I packed up my rolling kit and walked briskly out the door. I debated telling him what I'd seen, or rather who I'd seen. But I didn't have any proof, and I was quite sure Beckett would think I was crazy. As I was fumbling for my keys, I heard that whistling again. I didn't look up this time, just kept my head down and started the engine. I threw the jeep in reverse and started backing up to turn down the dirt road. I paused briefly and took one last look at the cabin in my rearview mirror. Beckett, or I think it was him, was standing on the front porch, leaning against the cabin, that stupid smirk on his face. Leaving so soon, he said. I replied with the roar of my engine and sped off down the dirt road. Driving away with shaking hands, I tried to rationalize what had happened, but came up with nothing but convoluted plots about twin brothers getting a good laugh at the expense of the housekeeper. That didn't seem plausible, but neither did a Beckett double. I stopped at a gas station 30 minutes later to get some Cool Ranch Doritos. I really needed comfort food. Checking my phone, I saw that I'd already received an email from Beckett. He let me know he was flattered by my advances and would love to see if we had a spark. Gross. I'd rather have a date with his doppelganger. Thank you for listening to Polish and Scream. 
If you enjoy Polish and Scream, please think about giving us a good review. If you'd like to get in touch, shoot us an email at polishandscreampodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Polish and Scream is created by M. Dawson with support from Becker Rhodes.